Thank you for tuning into another episode from 360 Connection Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm here with CEO and founder of 360 Connection, Jad Tremel. Jad, how are you today? Great. Praise the Lord. How are you doing, Chris? Doing pretty good. Uh, I know that we have taken a, a short break uh, from the last time that we met. Uh, we've uh, Christmas has come and gone. How was your Christmas? Great. We had uh, three of them between the families three different christmases yeah, so that was great. <laughs> that's the way to do it um uh, that's how they do it in, in hanukkah except there's five more days Whoa. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a happy hanukkah to anybody out there and um what we are talking about today is our final installment in the series on knowing the season that you're in uh we talked already about the startup phase We've talked about the growing phase, and now we're talking about the transitioning phase. And you've actually been on both sides of the table uh, when talking about transitioning a company. Uh, you've transitioned your own businesses, and you have uh, you know, acquired and partnered with other people who were transitioning their businesses. Talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the businesses that you've transitioned and what was how did you know that it was time i think that's a pretty important question for anybody out there with their own business when do they when does somebody know when it's time well i think uh there's you know everybody again has an individual assessment plan which is based on a journey and that journey has a group of people that are partnering with them and so initially when i got into uh you know, looking for companies to help to resurrect or connect the right people. Um, I had a term that I used to use and it's used, you know, in the stock market, but it, it's the 52 week high. And I think a good plumb line for businesses uh, in kind of charting the financial success of their business would be there. Are they at their 52 week high? Or is it declining? And so there's a couple things. One is, again, if people want to, to grow their business and not transition it, there's going to be a different plan for that. But if you're going to be transitioning and you're not at your 52-week high, um, people need to be able to make that decision on whether they want to sell their company uh, less than what it's worth or if they want to partner with somebody who can help get it to the place to where it's at the 52 week high. Can you talk more about that 52 week high? How, what does that look like in the business or in the journey of a business? Well, unfortunately what I've seen with older companies, and I think we talked about it uh, in the past is companies that have been around for a long time. We talked about the fruit and the fruit representing um, tangible fruit or just foliage fruit. So again, you have businesses that are growing, but their accounts receivables continue to grow, which equates to low cash flow. Mm. And then you have businesses that should have already transitioned their company and they just don't have anybody to do it. And so mm. they end up laboring in a company that at one time was great, but then it actually declines because the same passion, zeal, and vision, and ultimately the timing of the Lord mm -hmm. has been missed. Mm -hmm. And so I see it currently, I'm thinking of a number of companies that I'm familiar with sure. 
that the owners just don't know how to shift. And it's truly heartbreaking when you see, I've been a part of a number of companies that whether the husband passes away, who mm-hmm. is running the company and the wife stuck with a business that they invested a tremendous amount of money in, mm-hmm. the evaluation is, you know, a quarter of what it initially was while they were alive. Mm. Or you have a person who's run a business in their younger years, they're getting older, things happen, they can't be the forerunner. So then the business actually digresses instead of pro- mm. progresses. And then you have the side of businesses that are always changing, even in the green industries, restaurants. I mean, I don't see any business that's not changing in reference to this consumer generation that honestly, one thing is great one day, the next day it's not. Mm -hmm. And so we see this all through our lives. So I would say that it's time for business stewards to get a proper evaluation of their business and not just from the people that they have on payroll, but that they begin to partner with people who will come in and speak truth Mm. and look into their eyes and look into the DNA of their business and give them a truth that ultimately they have not been receiving. An outside perspective. Exactly. And, you know, back in the older days of business, um, they, the boards, uh, people that consult had a lot more influence in businesses today, but because you have businesses that are one man or one woman operations, essentially they, and we see this in ministry, mm-hmm. it's all across the American church. Mm-hmm. You know, this one charismatic individual pioneers, the church, he falls by the wayside, the church falls apart mm-hmm. and same way in business. You know, you have this person who is just driving force and then all of a sudden they're gone mm-hmm. and they have not raised up or empowered or encouraged other people to be able to facilitate what ultimately they were doing, but here's the key. They could actually do it better. And I've, I've had to learn this and I still learn this Mm. because everybody has a level of grace. They have a calling on their life. And that's the thing I battle with. I set the bar above and beyond normal. And that can be frustrating at times because the capacity, the mindset, the drive, the will, um, for the most part, most people do not have that in their DNA. They Mm. would rather, live in the backdraft of somebody else. They would rather live off old manna. They would rather mm. try to take instead of to give. Mm. And I mean, I saw it in the holidays. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how people miss what scripture says. You know, it's better to give than receive. Mm-hmm. Those that refresh others will be refreshed themselves. Right. And so I saw it all across the board in businesses. Mm. Um, and so anyways, not not from a judgmental but really just trying to be practical mm-hmm. and the truth sets us free. And so for sure, as we move forward into 2020, I think we've talked about, we really want to be intentional with working with businesses that want to start, want to grow and want to transition. And I can assure you that when you get around people that are in the same main line or heartbeat and what we're talking about, you will not live a conditional life, but you'll live an unconditional life. And that's just a reflection of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. not only permeating, but flowing through our lives that has a purpose bigger than ourselves. And so, you know, some of those uh, examples that you brought up, you know, where let's say it was the original founder of that business is 
not there anymore for whatever one reason or another. Um, is it because they, you know, uh, they didn't pivot with changing times? They weren't able to raise up a vision outside of them. Uh, you I, know, I think empowering again, others. We're we're primarily focused on kingdom entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and so this could happen to anyone, though. Right, but what I'm getting at is that the world has certain principles certain um, desires Mm -hmm. and so you got to ask yourself why why did our forefathers and mothers work harder Mm. than we did why did they save and steward more than we did Mm -hmm. and i really believe that it's it's built on character and Mm. so when you have people that have have tremendous gifts and they leverage that with infidelity, not stewarding finances, all of the things that go along with what corporate America is known for these days. Sure. That's where I believe even Christians today, because again, we can go on the internet and we could go down the who's who Mm -hmm. and they're selling their brand, their concept, Mm -hmm. their way. And the difference with us is, yeah, we have the 360 connection. It's a name, but here's the reality of it. 360 represents him. Mm -hmm. It represents more than just us. Mm -hmm. And if you're always going back to kingdom principles, which are God's character and nature Mm -hmm. opens his will, there's going to be a different realm. And again, we just saw this in Chick-fil-A. Everybody's like, talk to us about that. Oh, okay. So initially they've been investing in particular foundations, charities, whatever that looks like. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we know there's another person who's in charge and he has felt the pressure of certain things, Mm. you know, in Mm -hmm. our nation that that cry out equal opportunity. And so these foundations and ministries that have been the catalyst for Christian faith, Christian principles, Christian, uh, you know, lifestyles Mm -hmm. are now being. Uh, defunded. And mm. it's the same thing with Planned Parenthood. Sure. They're going through their process. But what people don't realize is Planned Parenthood makes a tremendous amount of money without even getting any money. Right. Because they're selling mm-hmm. parts in all of these different things. Mm-hmm. If they didn't get another dime, they'd still make enough money. Right. They have lots of different revenue sources. Yeah. They're just lining the pockets of other people with the mm-hmm. money that's coming in from the foundations. But mm-hmm. as a business, mm-hmm. Their business principles and plans mm-hmm. are off the charts. Their profitabilities right. for an infant to dismember it, to sell it, mm-hmm. is just, you couldn't do it in a vehicle. You couldn't do it in a house. You couldn't do it in a restaurant. The money that they make off that, they don't need any other money. The monies that come in right. are monies that they line the pocket of political agendas and all of that. So mm-hmm. if you could imagine a company that has 10000 per dollar profit. And then you Mm -hmm. get the overflow of these other companies that continue to pump money into it. Right. You know, you're just, I want to say you're unstoppable, but again, the enemy of our soul has dominion over the earth outside Mm -hmm. of the Holy spirit. And Mm -hmm. this is where people miss, you know, our authority. If you Mm -hmm. do not have the indwelling and the flowing of the Holy spirit, you will not overcome the battle. Right. That is spiritual, not flesh and blood. And so, 
getting back to the business principles again, it's hard because most Christian businesses that are promoting kingdom entrepreneurs are hashtagging principles. They're hash hashtagging certain mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. when it comes to their lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, the part of the local body they're a part of, mm-hmm. all of these different things, are they part of the consecration? Are they part mm-hmm. of prayer and fasting? Are they part of free will giving? Or are they going into the most extravagant atmosphere, cutting mm-hmm. a check, praise the Lord, walk out, and then who knows what they're doing at home on television? So you're saying that it's, you know, the hashtagging is the, you know, the the fanboying or fangirling of an yeah. idea being a fan of something. But on the other hand, there are other things happening in contrast to that. Yeah. And again, most of these, these atmospheres are paying people a tremendous <clears throat> amount of money to come and, and basically be a brand for them. Mm. And so what happens is because you get a name and not the name, mm-hmm. people are going to connect to, that person and their identity is not in Christ, but it's in that person. And Mm -hmm. so for me, again, working in homeless shelters and prisons Mm -hmm. and basically partnering with businesses that have been in in major trouble, that's a different paradigm Mm -hmm. than going to the elite and trying to overinflate who I am, overinflate who they are. Because again, it's a different realm of, of working with, with people in business. And so I would say that if you're a business owner today, is, is your relationship in the Lord growing stronger? Is mm-hmm. your marriage growing stronger? Mm-hmm. Is your family growing stronger? Is your company on that bottom line financially doing better from a perspective of investing in the mm-hmm. community, investing in the employees, or is it focused more on my company needs to grow. My numbers need to grow. What do I have to do that? And I would say mm. that the majority of companies today base their plumb line or the line in the sand based on their bottom line mm. on earth and not their bottom line in heaven. Mm. That's uh, Those are some pretty wise words. Now, getting back to you know some of the things that we were discussing with the transitioning, do you think that those types of things show up or I should say, what are the types of things that show up when uh, we we were talking about some of the people who uh, their business is, their bottom line is, is going down, their cash flow is going down, as you mentioned before, and times are changing and maybe it's not something that they have wrong at home or, or in their life, but they are putting the blinders on and they're not seeing that they need to pivot their business. What happens to a business when they can't keep up, but they don't want to give up? They can't keep up and they don't want to give up. So can I give you an example? Yeah. So, uh, there's a, there's a gentleman who has a greeting cards business. Now, when, let, let me ask you, if I may, when was the last time, I mean, we just had Christmas, but when was the last time you went and got a greeting card for somebody outside of a holiday? That's probably the only time. Okay. So, you know, this guy, he's really trying to, you know, hold on to the value and the sentiment of greeting cards. But, 
you know, it's, it's almost 2020 and, you know, we have the access of, you know, phones in our pockets, different things, FaceTime, you know, different video chat things that maybe some people identify with that type of sentiment more. What does this guy need to do in order to understand how to direct his greeting card business? Is it something that he should innovate with or is it something that he should leave behind? Well, I'll give you an example. You know, we've been blessed beyond what we deserve. And I was really battling with what to do for my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, we can go out and buy things and do all these things. But I went back to something that was very practical, but powerful. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a piece of paper on a piece of paper why I loved her and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And then I had our daughters and our son-in-law write it. Mm. That was the best gift that she got. Even though I said, Hey, I'll give you a thousand dollar shopping spree <laughs> as well. She probably cried. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. And so what I'm getting at mm-hmm. is I think there's a difference between us connecting spiritually through our emotions mm-hmm. and then us meaning spiritually, meaning the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. not demonic. Sure. So in reference to the card deal, I think people need to go back to that. I think Mm. that they need to find very authentic, genuine ways of connecting. Because Mm -hmm. for me, looking at a computer on my phone, a book Mm -hmm. is more appealing a -hmm. lot of time. I like the audio side, but I'm just sharing with you Mm -hmm. because we're on our phones, we're on digital that I think people are going back to what is authentic. So I mm-hmm. would say from the card perspective, mm-hmm. I would look at the individual being able to individualize those cards. Sure. Because when you get an email or something that pops up, mm-hmm. there's no real emotion. But if somebody actually takes the time and it's in their handwriting mm-hmm. and it's something that is genuine, that's going to go further mm-hmm than somebody who just pushed a button and had somebody else do it. Sure. Somebody can tell that there was some care put into it, you know, but you wrote out, you know, like you said, you wrote out your own card, your family wrote out their own cards, you know, for your wife. So in, in essence, you know, you kind of put this guy out of business, if you will. Well, and, you know, and again, if people write their own cards and they don't buy from him. Well, I know, wrote it on a piece of paper, but right, I think, exactly. I think you could have something as simple as, artistic pieces of paper in different shapes. Sure. And it could be a title of, you know, how I feel about you. you mm-hmm. know, oh, I got a, how you feel about me card the other day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was just them. Sure. So you could have these titles and these shapes and these sizes and people are buying the brand because this mm-hmm. card makes a statement, how I feel about you. So you think it would be better for him to try and build on brand rather than right on the medium itself. Well, let's use the example, computers, Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple is, I mean, just last night, we're trying to get some tickets to New York. Mm-hmm. My wife turns on the, what are these, the other computers? The, oh, the PCs? Yeah. The, the Windows it, like, PCs? Like literally 10 minutes, I yeah. went, open my iPad, bam, internet's on. Right. You know, and so, yeah, the Apple just has a brand. They're mm-hmm. cutting edge. They know they're doing it. If somebody came out with the Apple pin, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's going to buy it because it's, yeah. it's got the brand. And so what I would say is the cards, the problem is mm-hmm. 
is there such a huge verbal uh, connection that people are trying to gravitate to when people Mm -hmm. create these in the masses where again, if you just had a blank card Mm -hmm. and again, that subtitle I gave, I can't even remember it now, Yeah, but you come up with subtitles in just a shape with a a cool color Mm -hmm. and people have to take the time to write it down. Mm. It's just a blank, whatever. Yeah. But it makes a statement Mm -hmm. that says this. Sure. And it says, you know, Oh, I got one of the, you know, whatever the company name is grieving card. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did it look like? Yeah. You know, it was in the shape of this. It had the color and I was able to just sit down, turn my phone off mm-hmm. and I was able to write something. Right. So again, what happens is you're giving an opportunity for, for people to actually release mm-hmm. what's been inside them the whole time. The problem is exactly is people don't want to go there. They would rather just, Oh, this is how I feel. This sounds great. And does it. But if you had something, again, mm-hmm. it had a, a unique shape, it had a unique color, but it represented mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't just get a grief card that says, oh, you know, throw something in there. But I really had to take the time that if you purchase our cards, mm-hmm. they're going to be blank. Mm-hmm. And you have an opportunity to be a part of this brand. Sure. And, and we want to hear from your heart. Mm-hmm. And people, I think, would eat it up. Yeah. Because it's a reflection of them, not somebody else who had a cool poem or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it challenges all of us. And I think mm-hmm. we can go back into even when we get together with the guys. Yeah. You know, we want to pull from them. The guys in your GC business. Yeah. In the business. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that you're seeing that we're not seeing? Because, again, if we continue to forecast, mm-hmm. just like in the cards, mm-hmm. what we're seeing, we're never going to see the value Sure. Of what these people saw. And so right. I would say on the business cards, mm-hmm. I would go after the craziest. I would come up with all of these titles the same way that they do them in the Hallmark store and all that. Mm-hmm. And I would literally come up with a way to make very unique shapes mm-hmm. and sizes. And I would come up with categories and I would print them blank. Yeah. And I would literally say that this is going to be the most influential thing you can do because digital mm-hmm. isn't going to do it. Copywriting copying somebody else's heart mm-hmm. and you could, you could go after it. And I sure. think that if the right people, again, if you get the right people who mm-hmm. have the right heart. Mm-hmm. So when you're building this brand, you pray for the Holy spirit, send me somebody who has influence mm-hmm. who lines up with this character. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded when we were in Arizona, I was with a friend of mine, we were over there doing sex trafficking. We were working, you know, trying to save people from sex trafficking, not doing sex trafficking, right. but, being there trying to save there was a sports event or something yeah the super bowl it's one of the biggest events right and so you were there uh ministering to people who were trying to save them from because lots of people don't know that during these big sporting events not just the super bowl but you know the olympic games uh all sorts of international events as well there's it's the cover for these types of so we found we found girls we're in the worst of the worst and we went to a high-end hotel, and I was like, Lord, I knew there were football players, sent us mm-hmm. a football player, and then bam, we were right there. Joe mm-hmm. Deisman was right in front of us within two minutes. Wow. And when we shared with him just exactly what we were doing, he was blown away. He was clueless. Mm-hmm. But here's an individual in the football realm mm-hmm. who has remained faithful. He's a good man. Mm-hmm. He's been good character. 
And he would be a prime example mm. for somebody to, again, connect with him mm-hmm. if they were trying to bring some type of ethics or some type of whatever to football. Mm-hmm. So it's no different than these cards. If you have somebody, and again, it doesn't have to be a big name. Let's say grief and loss, mm-hmm. somebody who went through something and that's the testimony that you use. And this is authentic. Again, right. it's not something that's made up a fairy tale, but people can really connect with the, you know, being authentic about mm-hmm. the card. Yeah. That's the key. So if I told you that there was, you know, cause you have an iPhone and lots of people have smartphones and you've even got an iPad that there's an app that allows you to handwrite what your message is. And then that once you hit, purchase that company allows you to well it they will take whatever you hand wrote on your screen and it prints it it actually inks it onto a card and then they'll mail it off to the person well again it goes back to that's actually been blowing up more than people going to you know cvs or somewhere so do you think that that i mean how does this guy compete with the convenience of that and they're accomplishing that heartfelt you know there's something physical tangible i think i think you have to have exclusivities and this is where Mm -hmm. those of you that watch shark tank or whatever that they battle with do we go online or do we stay as retail and Mm -hmm. again i think that in this particular case if if you're basing it like them digitally, they're mm-hmm. probably their their profitability is going to be scaled on a tremendous amount of sales. Mm. So, and then again, they're always going to have to be updating their infrastructure. Then they're going to have competitors that are going to come in, and eventually they're sure. blowing the wind. The difference is, if somebody says, "Look, we're only going to sell this at certain stores," mm-hmm. that you have to go in and purchase it and do it. I just, again, limited access, right? Limited access. It's just like the Apple store. Mm -hmm. You got to go down there and it's like the, you know, it's crazy in there. Mm -hmm. It's a madhouse 24 seven. I know. (laughs) Um, So all I'm getting at is you can look at business from a number of ways, Mm -hmm. but for me, quality will always outweigh quantity. Absolutely. And so for me on that card thing, Mm -hmm. I would find, again, local retailers that are in the same main line where Mm -hmm. they're at, set the price point where it needs to be, build a company that has the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And that, again, because these these one-hit wonder companies, Mm -hmm. they come out with this one thing, they they implode, and then they're gone, they got to restart. What Mm -hmm. we're talking about is a kingdom heartbeat that doesn't have to have, you know, what the American dream would say from a business perspective. Right. So you want to ask yourself, what do I really want to do with what God's called me to be? Mm-hmm. And I would say that he's not going to say, seek ye first your business right. and make as much money as you can right. and forget about everything else. Mm-hmm. But the American dream is you've got yeah. a great idea. Let's mm-hmm. go global. Let's fly you here. Let's do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can give money to everybody. And that, that will be your, your, success and, and right. everybody I've heard a guy the other day is a great deal and he says oh I'm going to make a bunch of money so I can pay off the church bills and I'm thinking did he just say that did mm. you literally just say that you are going to make enough money so you can pay off the church and I'm thinking 
and mm. people believe that. Like, mm. I'm just blown away at that. You know, I, I actually hear that a lot from people. <laughs> you know, so so t- before we get into to the yeah. next part, let's actually go on that for just a second because I think that's intriguing, and I think there's some people who need to hear a yeah. perspective on that. So, what what would you say to somebody? I mean, obviously, there's people who have that sentiment; they want to make enough money to you know, take care of all of the church yeah. bills or, or fund missionaries or whatever. And I think their intentions are purely motivated, but what would yeah. you say maybe where they're missing it? I would say that as a small boy or girl, you were told that you're the provider. Most people think that they're their provider. You hear it. Even the old schoolers, mm-hmm. he's been a great provider. Mm-hmm. You know, you're our provider. Mm. So there, there's a misconception there. You know, that's about as, as radical as saying the spirit of the Lord is here. (laughs) Mm. Hopefully, you know, I hear all the time, right? The spirit of the Lord is in this room. Or two or more are gathered. Yeah. So again, you get these little cliches, these little things that, you know, are just crazy. And so here, just to encourage, you know, again, um, God gives us resources. He holds everything in the palm of his hand. And I can assure you, he is not in a place where your faith and your calling is going to be at a place where um, hit your heart does not come before your checkbook. Mm. That's a very good word. I'm telling you right now, this is, this is one of the biggest challenges I hear. It, we'll be in services time to give dead quiet time mm. to here. Here's what I know. If God has your heart, he has everything, mm-hmm. which includes your checkbook. Mm-hmm. Of so course. if you want to live in the faith to faith and the glory to glory, mm-hmm. you will have to surrender your heart, mm-hmm. which includes your checkbook. And so this is, again, it goes back to these principles that we've been talking about. And I'm not talking about other people's checkbooks. And so I just want to encourage, you know, those of you that that may be pastors, that there can be an easy litmus test for your ministry. And it would just represent, I believe, what Jesus lived on earth and now lives from heaven for. And it's just a simple question. Is is your building open throughout the week or the doors locked? Are you creating a platform for the community or your community? And I think if you begin to ask yourself those questions, the DNA in the very direction of your ministry will change. And so I just want to encourage, you know, those of you out there that have been called to be priests to ask yourself that, and then to make sure that you have Kings who are part of your eldership and part of your deacons so that you can begin to connect in a way that represents the word of God. And I believe it will activate the Holy Spirit like never before. And so my heart has always been for the denominations to come together. I thank God I came in through a revelation of Christ Jesus and not through denomination, because unfortunately, people develop a mindset based on more of the law and not the relationship of the Holy Spirit. And so, again, I don't I'm not, you know, a pastor or whatever, but I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage those of you that have been uh, pioneering as a a minister. And I know there's a big movement where kingdom entrepreneurs are wanting to become pastors. And I just want to encourage you 
that I believe that there's going to be a generation of servant leaders who are steward businesses and ministries. Uh, those of you that haven't had the opportunity, there's a book out there called Kings and Priests by David R. High. Um, we've went through it. I believe that it'll bless you. And it's just a story of a man who battled with that. But I believe that the Lord um, is going to be calling more of us into a position of servant leadership to where we're able to not take a paycheck and be able to uh, pull from the resources that God has gifted through being a kingdom entrepreneur. And I've seen a lot of those ministries where kingdom entrepreneurs were able to uh, steward and finance ministries in an unprecedented way. And there's a lot of ministries that are self-sustaining and don't have their hand out, but their heart open. Mm. And so it's time to stop asking people and start asking the Holy Spirit. Mm. Most ministries will listen to what the people are saying, and God is saying, listen to what I am saying. So I just want to encourage all of us uh, that there is uh, a direction in life that we are all walking towards. And there's only two ways. One is in righteousness, which is right standing. And the other way is in disobedience. So we can't pull back from, I've been walking with the Lord 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I'm seeing people who are being set free on a day-to-day -day basis that are moving in signs, wonders, and miracles in greater ways than people who have been for many years. And so we can't say, because I've done all of these things, because I've done that, let the Holy Spirit say that. Let the Holy Spirit be a reflection in your eyes, what's coming out of your mouth, everything that you do. If you have to bring justification in what you've achieved and what you've done, then I believe that you're getting the glory and he's not getting the glory. Mm. And so this is something that I have to wrestle with on a day-to-day -day basis because I have to always remember it is him and not me. I must decrease so that he can increase. But because there is great mercy and grace that abounds, it's very hard for that. And again, I've shared before, I've lived a lifetime. It is well with my soul and my family will be taken care of. But for whatever, God still has me pioneering and pushing through each and every day. And I'm thankful for that. But please hear my heart. There is no food. There is no car. There is no clothing. There is nothing from this side of the fence that I could do anything more to gratify my flesh. And on the other side of the fence, I have tasted and seen all that is bad. And so I feel like I'm in this realm of Solomon. But here's what I need more than ever. Wisdom with understanding. Because I know the grace and the mercy. So it is my prayer that in the coming days that the 2020 will be a release and a revelation of more wisdom with understanding. And so I would encourage all of those that are listening to seek the Lord wholeheartedly to ask the Holy Spirit, what season am I in? Especially those of you that have been called to be kingdom entrepreneurs. Do not be like Moses and try to lead a generation of people somewhere that you'll never get. And again, there was value in Moses's journey, but unfortunately the generation after him had to pick up and do what he could have done if he would have humbled himself and if he would have had the right people around him. And so, 
I'm excited about 2020. Again, the Bible says to put no thought into tomorrow for today has enough. But at the same point, every choice and everything that we do today will produce something in the future and most of all in eternity. Very wise words. Um, thank you for sharing that with us, Jed. Um, I do want to talk uh, briefly before we wrap up here. I want to talk about, uh, you know, we, we earlier we talked about different businesses that you had, you know, uh, been in partnership and acquired uh, that had transitioned. And you yourself have transitioned your own businesses. Can you talk to us about a business that you had uh, years ago uh, that, you know, you transitioned to another believer in the faith. Yeah. And so this is what I've continued to learn from my own experience in business that at the moment you transit, you know, for me, when I transitioned to business, there was a couple things that I wanted to make sure were in place before that happened. And of course, number one is do they have, the gifting to be able to uh, move forward or the willingness to move forward in what has already been started. Mm. And then again, they have to have the resources to be able to do that. And so a number of the businesses that I've been a part of, there's been some success and some where people uh, didn't succeed. Mm -hmm. And what we have to remember is anytime that you take over another business it's always important that you keep that person who's transitioning the business for a number of months, if possible, a year mm -hmm. minimum. If you do an SBA, mm -hmm. they don't want you to do it over a year. And, and again, that may change in the coming days, but that's essentially, they don't want the company to basically be uh, engrafted too much in the old owner. They want to see that you can do it. And so I would mm -hmm. encourage anyone who transitions a business that you work out some type of work agreement to where you can make sure that you've imparted the majority of it. And so rewinding the company that you're talking about, I did that with a gentleman and it went great. Mm -hmm. um, another company that I did, the other gentleman, again, people are different. It's like mm -hmm. when you loan people money, Oh yeah, I'll pay you back. <laughs> and when it's time to pay you back, they try to find reasons or whatever, and they don't pay you back. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be willing to, be humble enough to know that if you do it unto the Lord, God will be faithful sure. to give it back. And again, if you have to go through due process, whatever that looks like. Um, so you've seen both sides of yeah. this, not just from you acquiring and partnering with people who transitioned their business, but uh, that you transitioned your business and it went good and it didn't go as planned. Right. And so you have to, you got to keep in mind, it's always about the people and then other companies that we've helped in the past, it's always been about the people. So you can find a great company as a visionary. You can see all the potential and you can even invest in a person to do it. But mm -hmm. here's the reality of it. It may not work out. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to know that a good name is better than all the riches. And I've had mm -hmm. to labor through situations where they didn't work out. You know, if we think that everything that we do is going to work out, I'm the type of guy, if I see a broken vehicle, I'm going to fix it. Mm -hmm. Most people say, see a broken vehicle, I'm not going to fix it. And so when mm -hmm. I see a business, I'm going to always see the good, mm -hmm. whether it's going to come to fruition or not. 
it's up to the people because I can't take away from what God's called me to be. I can come in, you know, bring color to a black and white per, uh, picture. I can come in and encourage and, and give all these ideas. But mm-hmm. here's the reality. It's like the parable of the sower. You're going to have this seed. And it's mm-hmm. going to fall on good ground and bad ground. If you notice all the examples, one one, one was good and the rest was, you know, bad. So yeah. we know that there's a whole lot of decisions, but there's only one that's going to work. And that's mm-hmm. his. So yeah. I've had to learn that okay. the hard way and I still learn it. Yeah. So I would encourage, you know, any opportunity that you have, make sure it's in prayer. Make sure you listen to your, your wife and seek counsel because mm-hmm. I would say, you know, one time we had, you know, 10 companies we were a part of. Mm-hmm. And I never in my mind and my partners and everybody, you know, I believe they were there as far as the kingdom, but they were a lot of them were more about the income. Mm. I never because I knew, God, I could I can go and make money very easily. Mm-hmm. Money, you know, again. Mm-hmm. So all of these that I did, I for whatever reason, I always saw the value mm. of the people. You're optimistic. Yeah. I'm just, I, I never looked at it as, yeah, it could be something that's going to make, because, you know, the green industries, I can make a tremendous amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, the GC, I can make a tremendous, they're easy. Mm-hmm. But if I were to go tomorrow to do a restaurant, I'd have to labor in there 24 yeah. 7, 365 mm-hmm. days a year, mm-hmm. and you still would never make the money that I make with this. And so I think that's where the Lord 2% of restaurant startups actually succeed. Yeah. And there's no real (laughs) mark. There's no real profitability. And and again, Mm -hmm. it's not always about that because if you're a restaurant owner, you love to cook or, Mm -hmm. you know, the chef, you love to cook, you love to take Mm -hmm. care of people and all that. So they're not so much worried about Mm -hmm. making millions of dollars. They just want to do. And I think that's where people need to get back to in the balance, because I just think that, it's very hard for a company to make a tremendous amount of money without losing our ethics and without losing our soul. Mm. And I'll be bold enough to say that mm. because when you, when you go down the scale of mm-hmm. a billionaire or even a multimillionaire, mm-hmm. it's very rare that you're going to find somewhere along there that they didn't do something overseas, mm-hmm. which we know those conditions mm-hmm. Or they didn't sell a product that's unhealthy, mm-hmm. or they didn't take away from a person who should have made more money, or they took shortcuts or took some kind of bribe or whatever. Or they started collecting money. So when you look at the real mm-hmm. nuts and bolts of it, success is found in our heavenly Father. It's not mm-hmm. found in how much money we can make. Because I'm telling you, mm-hmm. we've talked about it. politicians going making two hundred some thousand a year. Mm-hmm. And they leave multimillionaires. How does that happen? Yeah. Ask yourself. We're seeing it right now all unfolding on our eyes. And we're just, we just so busy. We don't have time. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, if you said somebody made $250,000 and they now have $12 million in net worth, everything would stop and they you would go, investigate how, how that. How did that happen? <laughs> but again, when you've got all of that money, you've got people. Mm-hmm. Here's a half million dollars. Here's my legal team. Leave me alone. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I believe that there's a political shift on the earth as well, that God is going to begin to raise up people who have been faithful in stewarding not only their business and their, in their lives, but 
just the day-to-day opportunities. And please keep in mind, you know, David was a man after God's heart, but Mm -hmm. look what he did, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we're not above reproach. We're not above the law. Essentially we are humble servants is what we need to be. And, And that's, I think if we stay in that lane, God is going to have us behind the scenes doing things that we could never ask or even imagine. Mm. And so that's kind of, you know. Yeah. Any final words of wisdom before we close out this series yeah. and this, this podcast? Day, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I would I would go into, you know, everybody has this New Year's resolution, this thing. Mm. I, I would I would seriously, and I'm doing the same thing. Just ask the Holy Spirit, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And you can write on a piece of paper, when I get up in the morning, what is my focus? What what primarily am I thinking about? What am I driven towards? And does that leave room for the Holy Spirit? And I'll just leave this. Those of you that haven't seen the Mr. Rogers movie, I've mm-hmm. seen it twice. <laughs> We know that he was a professing Christian and the movie doesn't portray as much of his Christian walk as as he was. And again, he's not perfect, but he was a man of faith and a man of purpose. And something very profound that he said that has just continually been rocking me. And he said, the most important thing that we can be doing is what we're doing this very moment. And I am trying to capture that. I have such a drive in my soul that it actually can become and becomes disobedient. What does that mean? That means we can run so far ahead of God that we can actually miss what's right in front of us. And I don't want physical limitation. I don't want things to come into my life that cause me to stop because I think there's a balance. Be still and know he's God, but you're still moving forward. And so my heart's desire is that I would be found faithful in the moments. And it's it, and it's a challenge for me. Because even like, you know, we got our anniversary. We're going to, you know, New York and just, you know, so excited. I'm more excited about the divine encounters than I am what we're going to experience for ourselves. And I know that's. I'm, I'm thankful to be with my wife and we always like to take friends with us on vacation when we go. It's just something we've always done. But for me, my heart's desire is keeping him first. And I want to, from the time that we head there at the airport, everywhere that God takes us, I want the mm. moment to be the most important thing. Yeah. And I would just encourage everybody who's listening to see the value in those words. And again, those are biblical words. Um, You could find uh, multiple scriptures that line up with uh, God's perfect plan and the plan representing the very moment, because everything that we do, we will have an account for. And so that's what I would encourage everybody is to really ask the Holy Spirit, And you may have a multi-million dollar company and God may be saying, I want you to hand this company over to this person who's been faithful and you just get a check quarterly and you begin to do something totally different than what God calls you to do. Or 
again, you may be in a position where you've been working for somebody faithfully and it's time to, to leverage the good name that you have and to get a seed together to start a company and to find a potential business that you could take over. And so I don't know what that looks like, but I do know that our, our souls must be well <laughs> in, in everything that we do, that we must have a peace that passes all understanding and that we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us as we faithfully obey his words in the moments. And so I'm just really excited about this next season. If you have a friend or family member, I think we talked about going into 2020, we're going to be sowing into people in the coming year as living testimonies of some of the things that I've went through. And, and again, what you're going through that the Holy Spirit is going to connect it like TNT and God is going to do things because there is no agenda outside of, again, seeing others walk further than we have. And I think if we have that heartbeat, that if we see others actually going beyond us, that's going to open up things that we have not seen uh, historically. And we know that there's nothing new under the sun, but I'm talking about our sun and what we've seen. So praise the Lord. Very wise words here from Jad Tremel, and uh, tune in next time to a different series that uh, we've got a lot planned for, but can't tell you about quite yet uh, from 360 Connection Podcast.